It's a, a privilege to introduce uh, Brian Burkett to you. Um, he was a pastor of Kairos Church uh, for eight and then worked in leadership actually for 10 years in that church. Um, and he um, has really worked with a lot of younger people. And as, as a matter of fact, he's an author. He's written a book called Zoomers, <laughs> interestingly enough. And I think that, I don't know, it almost sounds like it has something to do with Generation Z. But uh, anyway, it's a privilege to uh, just invite him as, as part of the Love Revolution uh, team to speak to you today. So, Brian, thank you, dear friend. Bless you. Uh, Gaylor, I love you so much. Um, <laughs> well, hi, guys. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay, good, good. I want to make sure everybody can. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, what a privilege it is uh, to talk about the new commandment today. That's fantastic. Uh, um, in case, uh, let, let's just get all on the same page. Uh, maybe some of you have just uh, rolled in. Maybe some uh, some of you have been just invited in. Um, I just uh, I wanted to to talk about the new commandment and how it differs from I think what we uh, equate it with and the differences. And then I want to talk about what that look, has looked like practically for me. And then I would love to uh, open it up for questions. Uh, I'm, I'm just in. So I'm just going to pray. Yeah. And then let's let's jump in here. Um, yeah. King Jesus. Yes. yes. Wow. Your your love, your love. Uh, we'll be singing about it and praising you for it for eternity. Yeah. How how such incredible transgressions could be willingly and joyfully covered by you. Uh through the greatest of all tragedies, crucifying your own son and yet sending him to us forever to be our head. This is amazing. Wow. And now you call all of us to love as you love, to be for each other as you are for us. And how Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and that great mystery of unity that you love, you co-love. And in that way, that just as you are one, you ask us to be one in and through Christ. Yeah, may it be so. May it be so. Yeah. Amen. 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 Wow. Okay, you guys. Um, yeah, you know, Jesus, the Last Supper. Here he is, the last Passover meal before he goes to the cross. And um, he did a lot in that, that one night. He said that long had he waited for that to celebrate that Passover with them. And one of the incredible things he did to upend so much convention and really blow open a whole other level of freedom and heaven on earth is the new commandment. And he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And, um, you know, this, this can sound redundant, because we remember when the scribe uh, was questioning Jesus and he said, well, 
what's the greatest commandment of all? And Jesus answering what is the greatest commandment in the law, which was the question. He said, well, uh, there's two actually. The first is love the Lord your God with all your mind, soul, strength. And the other is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And um, what's interesting is Jesus precluded that or preempted that, that answer with this. You have heard. You have already heard those two. You've already heard. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And then all of a sudden, at the Passover, he says something shocking. He says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. But there's a massive difference in, the, in what he informed that with than those two before them. And so it, 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 it'll blow it wide open. He says, as I have loved you, you know how I love you. If you, The more you know how I love you, you see it, you experience it. Just imitate me. Just imitate me. That's all I ask. Because before, you could only love God according to what strength you possess. Before, you could only love others to the effect that you knew how much you were loved, that you, you love yourself. The new commandment is imitate how I love you. It's so, it, I, I dare say opposite. I say that with reverence. <laughs> the last thing we would ever want to do is somehow stop loving God with all our mind, soul, and strength. But, but it's just like the law. We, we take something good and we somehow minimize it and it changes. We do all these other things with it. But if we are just doing nothing but looking at Jesus, as far as is loving, we look at Jesus. We're saying, how do you love me? And then whatever problem is coming down the pipeline, what, whoever is wronging me, whoever is maligning or whatever it may be, I love them like Jesus loves me, even when I do those very things to him. I, I, I now want to deal with people's sins and transgressions as Jesus deals with mine. I'm no longer in an emergency with their problems, how they affect me, because Jesus isn't an emergency with my problems and how they affect his. And um, I, wanna, I wanna get very practical. Uh, my wife and I, God bless her, she's in the house somewhere. Um, her name's Katie. And uh, for eight years, we've been pastoring Gen Z. We, we didn't do that on purpose. We, it's not like we had a sign out saying, hey, Gen Z, show up. But the average age of our church was 23. And uh, through the years, we have run the gambit um, of accusation, of offense, of bitterness, all these things coming at us. And we just continue to stay in the game, continue to bless and not curse. And, uh, you know, pray for those who, who spitefully abuse you and say all sorts of evil again for, you, for his sake. You know, uh, bless those who curse you. This is, uh, this is actually very rudimentary. And yet how abstract have we made it that, that it's easy? to justify not loving in this very simple way. And uh, I just, I, I can say from experience that um, we have won many to Christ through staying in this commandment uh, and it, in the face of extraordinary adversity, extraordinary. <laughs> and um, I, I if, if, if I could have the liberty, can I go a little deeper with all this? Is that okay? 
Can I go there? Awesome. Awesome. So, um, you know, uh, John the Beloved, uh, he's called that for a reason because he calls himself the Beloved. <laughs> I love it. Uh, if you notice, if you've never noticed this before, um, but when you're reading the book of John, um, we, we now know, because we know how old John was when, when he finally died, uh, physically at least. And so we, we now know from there that he was most likely the youngest of all the disciples. And he was probably called between the ages of 15 and 17. I use this a lot as an encouragement uh, for Gen Z. Look at Josiah. You know, look at Jeremiah. Look at John the Beloved. And, uh, and there's these moments here where um, whenever John is talking about all the disciples and him, then he says, the disciples and the one whom Jesus loved were doing such and such. And um, you know, there, there's some interesting things in here. Uh, in, in the Last Supper, when Jesus says, one of you will betray me, it says, all the disciples asked, what says the disciples asked, is it me, Lord? And then I love his next comment. He says, but the one that Jesus loved had his head on Jesus's chest and looked up and said, who is it? <laughs> this is how much John the beloved knew he was loved. And um, he, he constantly said, I am the beloved. And so, you know, he wrote four books of the Bible or five. You have the book of John, you have first, second, and third John, and you have the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ. And in the book of second John, he's actually um, writing to an elder um, who was a woman. And um, I want to read what he wrote. This is uh, so beautiful. This is years later. This is when he's experimented with this new commandment for almost his entire life now. Starting from probably when he was about 18 or 19, all the way through. And now we think he was about in his 70s when he wrote this. He says, uh, to the elect lady, the elder and her children, whom I love in truth. And not only I, but also all who know the truth. Because of the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, in truth and love. I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, because now it's no longer new. This is now in the church. And he references this in a second. But the one we have heard from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning so that you should walk in it. And he references the beginning, meaning when they first started walking with Jesus, just in the next stanza. I want to encourage us um, with 1 Peter 4, 8 as well. And then I'm going to dive in a little deeper. It says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. This, uh, this supernaturally revealed love. That's the only way I can describe it. And um, the world is constantly looking for solutions. It's constantly looking for love. It looks for uh, approval. It looks for all these things. But it also needs to keep room for its way out of serving God. It needs to keep its enmity, its war of offense against the Lord. And this is what the gospel cures in every single person. I have a feeling I'm preaching to the believers here, but I <laughs> just want to make this clear that the only way to believe that somehow this impossible poison deep down in me 
that, that it's impossible. It would never, ever escape. I've tried everything I can. The only way I can believe that somehow that impossibility could turn into possibility is if I also behold something else impossible. This is the way in. Jesus does this repeatedly. In the New Testament, this is how Jesus has won every single person. He does the impossible, and they believe for something that previously was seen as even more impossible. And I love it even how Jesus said, by this they will know you are my disciples. That you would walk in this commandment. That you would actually imitate me and how I love. My love is so far beyond anything the world would define. My my mercy, this is why we call it amazing love. This is, <laughs> we have songs and songs about how utterly unfathomable and how limitless the love of God is. And the world is so caught up in any weakness they can find to continue in this, in, in this thing they think is impossible to let go. If we will love to the uttermost, they will believe this is how this works. If God is drawing them already, then we'll give them an opportunity to believe for even more impossibility. This is how this works. And so um, I can tell you that in this generation, we're hearing over and over again how impossible it is to reach them, how they are a desperate lot, how they're going to burn down the world and all these other things we're hearing about this generation. And yet we're only seeing a very small, tiny fraction of them delivered to us via our conservative media channels. You know, God bless the editors of those channels, but, but um, I don't think anyone's going to be winning any awards soon in that world for ingratiating the old to the young. And uh, this is a clear pathway into Gen Z, is you love to the uttermost. If any generation has habits that will sever relationship or withhold love or, or, um, or demand their way and it simultaneously saying they don't know where to go. Um, the, the only way through this whole thing is that we bear along with them and we love them as Jesus loves them. And the only way we can do that is not through some carefully arranged set of principles. No, how is Jesus loving me? Can I humble myself enough to admit that everything I'm angry at this generation for doing, I have done to someone else and I've done to Jesus himself. May I slow down and say, God, I've done this and more. This is what you saved me from. And so in the moment, knowing all that, then I can have so much more grace. I mean, Jesus took the time to give us parables to, to this. To, to, to illustrate all of this, but man, th I'm telling you, I'm speaking from experience. You will win what the majority of the church believes we cannot win in the hearts of this generation. If you will love them as Jesus loves us, just imitating him instead of somehow basing it on our mind, soul, and strength or basing it on some subjective idea of how we love ourselves. If we can just get rid of those two things that smack of the law and just get right into imitating what we already know is being done for us in every moment. This is the new commandment. It is new. It is not the same thing. Whew. Amen. Amen. That felt so good to say. Because we have 12 minutes. <laughs> Gaylor, wherever you want to take it. If anybody has any questions for me regarding this generation, regarding the new commandment, if we just want to pray for 12 minutes, I am just open and in, you guys. I'm just available. Let us, let's rock.
Well, I'm going to actually uh, say, give it to Jonathan here at this point, and I'll I'll chip in. But thank you so much, Brian, for just opening your uh, your heart and giving us such a unique perspective. Uh, my goodness, um, to have a church. I had a young church for many decades. Um, there was, I think, one point, um, one point where we had 13 newborn babies in our nursery <laughs> at one time. And, and so we had a lot of young wow. people, but it wasn't 23 years of age. It was uh, probably about 30 years of age. So um, yeah. amazing, amazing. Thank you for your perspective. Jonathan? Yeah, um, Brian, I'd, I'd just love to hear your perspective. What, I mean, I definitely hear you on the new commandment. Um, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges for reaching this next generation um, that you've seen God? And, you know, tell us how you've seen God overcome some of those. Okay. Um, wow. Great question, John. Um, so I did write a book about this. I'm not here to plug a book, but um, there's, there's about 17 of those. And I have, I, there's, it's impossible for me to give those. Um, but I will say, I would say the, to the top two. Um, the first one is, uh, you know, there are some things that have, that goes unaddressed in just us being humans in ministry. Uh, you know, it's a very rare bird indeed that will actually regularly expose the, the, the parts of the heart that we can just kind of get away with. And I would say one of them is we hold, we tend to hold love for ransom until we're honored. And Did you um, say that one more time? Did we, you we tend that? to hold, yeah, we tend to withhold love. We tend to hold it for ransom until we're honored, especially as leaders. So um, if we're mentoring somebody, if they're dishonoring us, we withdraw. Um, but yet I, I can't find anything. I mean, I'm, I don't want to be sarcastic. It is kind of sarcastic here, but I, we cannot find any command of Jesus to do that. This is, some, this is one of the, the, an example of how we, we get in our own way. And um, with this generation, they are designed to, to dismantle and to reevaluate and to actually take new approaches to things. Um, and they, they don't have a lot of tact in pointing out our hypocrisies, our little kept ways of dealing with people, passive aggression, withholding love, these things we do. Um, uh, it's, it's a transaction for us a lot of the times and, uh, it doesn't work with them. Uh, another one, um, is, uh, we expect them to know how to do things we were taught, but this generation isn't being taught. And, uh, so how, how can I love them? Well, I have to engage them and I, I have to, I have to not hold in contempt their ignorance of some of the basics of life. I have to actually hold their heart and hold who they are as valuable and uh, worth me pouring into as long as Jesus sees them as valuable and worth pouring into, which will be for eternity. And so um, uh, those are the two, I would say, number one, to not hold love for ransom until I am honored or I am respected. We, we cannot afford to need anything from them, even honor or respect. I'm not saying they shouldn't learn how to honor and respect, but we can't with, withhold love until they get that because snap out of it doesn't work with them. <laughs> they, they, um, they have spent hundreds of thousands of hours on this thing their whole life. And um, wow. those were hundreds of thousands of hours, that, maybe tens of thousands of hours, uh, that we were actually learning how to be bored and learning how to have an intimate, quiet moment here and there. And 
and actually look into the eyes of our of our elders and our peers and actually learn the perturbations and problems of relationships. <laughs> and so um, so how do I love them to the uttermost? The new commandment, I'm, I'm serious, the new commandment works in all of this. It's I, I will no longer love them like the world tells me to love. I'm not going to withhold love unless they give me something else. No, I'm going to love them as Jesus loves me. And he doesn't wait until I honor or, or even respect him. If I have the blood of Christ in me, if I'm in a, a place of, of immature rebellion in that moment, he doesn't forsake me. He, wait, he waits long. He, he bears with my sin. He, he looks for the next crack in my armor that he can get another blessing in there. This is how he works. And you know what? Sure, he, he might rebuke me. He might, he might bring me low. He yeah. might do all these things. Yeah. But it's because of his love that I trust his father's fingers in those moments. Yeah. Wow. So you said, um, I mean, forgive me for jumping in here, Jonathan, but you just, you, when you said that there are like 17 things, is that right? That you identify in your book? That was a, an, like just an arbitrary number. I would guess. Okay. All right. so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. And maybe we can uh, put in the, uh, in the chat, Jonathan, um, his book is entitled Zoomers. Is it available uh, right now? Amazon on, right now. Amazon right Amazon now. Amazon right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by, Zoomers uh, by Brian, Brian Burkett. Yeah, and it's uh, B R I O N Burkett. B-R-I-O-N. Yeah, the hippie mother. She'll, she'll get you every time with that spelling of that name, and they'll they'll, they'll get you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, but I, you guys, I, I, I daily, uh, my wife and I are having to lay down our programming, our our, our traditions, and our cycles, and our patterns. Um, that we've learned our whole lives here on earth. We have to regularly lay those down, knowing that we are instead apprehending something of eternal weight and glory uh, in doing this. Uh, and I do talk like this all the time. You could ask any 20-year-old in my life. They're like, he always talks like this. <laughs> He's just always here. Um, but I, 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 I want to take this moment to honor men uh, like Gaylord Enns, who have paid the price, who have put an entire future generation on their shoulders and maybe weren't even aware they were doing that in the initial. Uh, but they, they had the courage to stand as a counterculture and curiously also reclaim a commandment that seems to have been buried for about 1,200 years. <laughs> so uh, I want to take this opportunity. Thank you so much, Gaylord, for, uh, oh. for plowing dry earth for decades. You know, you know this is yeah, yeah, all yeah. about him. Absolutely. It's, Absolutely. Uh, it's his commandment. And then it's, uh, I know it's, it, it's rocked my world.